This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, pets with intestinal issues and recognizing Domestic Violence Awareness Month and a national rescue effort. That's what's on the show this week. Let's get started. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's national award-winning author and animal advocate, Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A dot com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. I'm here with Monica Layton, president of Professional Pet Sitting with our Pet Tip of the Week. And Monica, there's something, especially, well, right now we're in Florida, so we're in the middle of hurricane season. Lots of water pooling all over the place and what. There's something that I know that I'm not fond of when my dogs or when I hear my vet say, yep, it's Giardia. So so could you tell us a little bit more about Giardia? Because I'm sure everyone listening to it feels the same way that I do about it. Absolutely. So first off, what the heck is Giardia? So Giardia is a parasite. And it inhabits the intestines of mammals, birds, and amphibians. So, yes, this is something that people can get. The most common symptom in Giardia is diarrhea for our pets, humans, anybody. And Giardia has different life cycles. And it is sometimes often overlooked sometimes. So, Giardia can actually not appear to have huge, huge symptoms at first. Um, and it can often be overlooked. So your dog can have Giardia 
for some time frame before the symptoms really start to show themselves. So Giardia, as far as the cycles, they have two main stages. So you have your mature parasite, and then you have their cyst stage, and they're, it's called trotophoazite, which oh, I don't even begin to <laughs> try to pronounce <laughs> that one correctly. But they live in the small intestine, and they multiply. And as they multiply, they eventually become this, like these little cysts. And the cysts are considered and the infective stage. And that infective stage starts to show up in the fecal samples that we run on our test. So Giardia, if you have the earlier stage, your pet may have it, but the fecal samples that we run to test for that can sometimes come back negative if they're still in that beginning stage. So until they become cysts and show in that infective stage, then they don't shed into the feces of the animal, which can be detected in testing. GRD can survive for several weeks in environment. So the main, 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 main environment for pets to pick this up is water sources. So like how Giardia is gotten by our pets and how it's spread is usually it's ingested by the dog. And a lot of times, the number one way is through drinking water that has been contaminated by either um, feces of an infected animal, or they were eating something that at one point had been contaminated by feces. So feces breaking down, or that came out and were picked up, and there was small parasitic remnants left. But things like grass. I mean, how many of our dogs are out there eating grass? Um, pets are going to parks, coming in contact with things, they're chewing on a stick. Some of our dogs are eating things that we prefer them not to eat. <laughs> <laughs> or they're out there drinking from a puddle. Or, for example, at a dog park, um, they have like the communal like water filling stations that they'll have hooked up that the water flows out of. But you also have a lot of other wildlife and stuff in the area that are coming in and drinking the water, sticking their paws in the water. How many dogs stick their paws in those water dishes? I know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And those paws have touched this and that, and they're picking up everything in their mouth. So that is how they're getting it. And of course, during rainy time of the year, Giardia cases come up in a mad, <laughs> a mad <laughs> spike because it's raining all over. So the dogs are going out, they're stepping in it, they're licking their feet, they're drinking little formed puddles after rainstorms, tromping through water. So during, you know, rainy season, the spread and the numbers of Giardia just increase and increase. So what does Giardia do to our pets? So Giardia is pretty unpleasant. I mean, any kind of stool issues is generally not on the top of any pet owner's list. But Giardia, it makes the, because it is stored in the GI tract, the, the parasite inhibits the dog's ability to properly absorb some of their nutrients, their water, their electrolytes, which can lead to loose stools and can lead to weight loss. Diarrhea, the number one symptom in there. A lot of puppies, it's a lot of very common in puppies, smaller dogs. But if you are seeing to where dog's got chronic loose stool issues, weight loss issues, 
different things like that, that can really be a sign that you should be getting a fecal sample run on your pet to check for giardia. So some of number one symptoms, your diarrhea, your weight loss, failure to gain weight. Eating, they're eating, they're just not gaining any weight. Vomiting um, is a possibility, dehydration, and just poor coat because they're not getting all their nutrients, their coat can kind of start to appear lacking, um, maybe flaky, just, you know, changes in their actual coat as well. As far as treatment, it's easily treated with medications. You know, the medications, of course, are tailored by your veterinarian and the severity of the infection or of that actual parasite counts, I should say. But really reducing the chance of your pet sharing water um, try, if possible, to keep them away from water that's pooled on the ground. Anything you can do to kind of keep that water source clean that your pets are bringing in will help with the chances of your pet getting giardia to slim down. Also, you're trying to keep them out of eating grass and sticks and things like that in places where there could be potential contamination, going to our parks and things like that, where you have a high number of pets that are in that area the exposure goes up a lot more than it does just, you know, keeping them at home or places where there is a high wildlife count, same instance. So really just making sure that anything you can do to keep them out of water sources that are not fresh, clean, pure water will bring that chance of getting Giardia down greatly. But lastly and not least, if your pet is exposed to Giardia, gets Giardia, make sure that you are washing your hands super good you are picking, like picking up the stool and getting rid of it instead of letting it disintegrate in your area because pets can transmit Giardia. So dogs can give it to dogs. And not only that, it can be transmitted to you, the owner. So making sure that sanitation is very, very good during any Giardia outbreaks. If you have one pet that gets Giardia, there's a very good chance that other pets have the possibility of getting it within your household. So getting them checked out as well is important just to keep the spread of the cycle from keep going around your house. So you definitely, if one comes up, get them all tested, get them treated. So that way they're not passing it to one another and it's kind of going around and not clearing up. Yeah, that's not fun. (laughs) So, well, Monica, this is very, very helpful, very interesting. And I think that a lot of us in the southeast and probably like all in the hurricane areas, there's storms everywhere that you have to be careful. And then if you take your dog to the dog park, and I had this happen to me years ago, one of mine got something from there. And so you just have to be careful. You have to be alert. You have to be observant for those symptoms. So, well, Monica, thank you very much. As always, this is a great tip, very timely. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Have a great week. You too. We'll be back in just a moment. Hello, everyone. Susan Marie here to tell you about the award-winning three-book series, The Doggy Diva Diaries. It is a trilogy of heartwarming and inspirational stories about Miss Olive, a lonely little rescue pup, hoping to find her forever family and friends and a life filled with love. In this series, Miss Olive learns that it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, it's the kindness and love you have on the inside that counts. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online booksellers. And please visit us at thedoggydiva.com for more information. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, 
A major dog rescue operation gets national attention while promoting domestic violence awareness. That's next. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. Red Rover is a national animal welfare nonprofit based in Sacramento, California. And since 1987, Red Rover has focused on bringing animals out of crisis and strengthening the human-animal bond through emergency sheltering, disaster relief services, financial assistance, and education. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and since 2007, Red Rover has awarded more than $3 million in safe escape and safe housing grants to help domestic violence survivors and their pets escape abuse together. And with us today, we welcome back and are so happy to have Nicole Forsyth, the CEO and president of Red Rover, to tell us all about Red Rover and what's going on, and also about a very recent rescue that made national news. I'm very honored to be talking to you about that because not only is Domestic Violence Awareness Month important, but you guys were involved in that rescue that the whole world heard about. So welcome back to the show, Nicole. Thank you. It's great to be back. So for our first-time listeners, can you just share a little bit about Red Rover? Yeah. So we're often referred as the American Red Cross for pets. So that's a nice way to think about us because we're really there when people and animals together are in some kind of crisis. So we provide temporary sheltering for animals rescued from cruelties or displaced from by natural disasters. And we're also helping when people, you know, want to escape domestic violence and they don't know where to bring their pets. Um, they may have a veterinary emergency that they can't afford. So we're really there to help in those dire situations and to help keep people together with their pets. That's so awesome. Now, we touched on this in the introduction, but recently you assisted the Humane Society of the United States twice with the transfer of 4,000 beagles from a mass breeding facility. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is an unprecedented um, disaster cruelty um, response that we've been involved in, and we're just thrilled to be be part of it. Um, So far, we've helped twice. Um, remove some of the animals, some of the beagles, uh, from a mass breeding facility. And this is a facility that was breeding beagles um, to be to sell to laboratories for animal experimentation. So they weren't actually doing the experimentation there. They were just breeding the dogs. And so there's allegations um, of Animal Welfare Act violations. And so the facility 
has been um, shut down and we're in the process of transferring as many of them out. Um, you know, it's a slow process because, of course, you can't just um, get 4,000 all at once. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've been doing little bits at a, at a time. And I know that you got mamas and their babies. Um, yeah. So thank you so very much. And how could someone or where could they even go to learn more about these dogs and their puppies and what the next steps are in this process? Yeah, so what, what's been happening is that it is a matter of, you know, transporting them um, safely and, you know, making sure they all get the attention that they need. And so we help um, get the, the beagles, you know, we, we, we load them and unload them on and off the transport vehicles. And then we help with the kennel setup. They're going to sort of a central location in Maryland where they're being cared for. Um, kind of assess, make sure they, you know, have don't all their medical needs are met, and then they're being transported to different rescue partners and animal shelters all over the country. So if someone is looking, um, you know, wanting to help by fostering, you know, a mom and puppies, or fostering maybe a beagle who's older and needs a little bit more, um, you know, time to get used to kind of being out of that laboratory type, you know, setting that that mass breeding facility type setting. Um, and so a lot of these rescue partners and animal shelters are looking for volunteers and, of course, eventually adopters. So you can find out where those dogs are being transported by going to humanesociety.org backslash 4000 beagles. And that's a listing of the different partners that are involved. So many people are aware of it because it had made national news and it's a very, yes. very, very important thing that you did and you were a part of. And Red Rover is made up primarily of just volunteers and that were involved in this process and all of the other things. I mean, people don't even know what you do across the nation. You're, you're very involved. You do a lot for homeless pets, for domestic violence situations, people with their pets. So if someone wants to become a Red Rover responder volunteer, how do they do that? Because people are always going, what can I do? Well, I think that you have a way to help them do something. Yeah, and we really are looking for more volunteers. Um, even though we have over 4,000 volunteers all over the country, you know, it's really hard sometimes for people to get off of work, um, you know, to take that time off. They may not be available. And, of course, the pandemic has made this even harder for people sometimes to travel. So we are always looking for more volunteers to become trained so that we have a good um you know, a good amount of people to help with a specific situation. So it's really easy to become a volunteer. It's a free online training. It takes about two to three hours to finish. And then once um, someone completes the Red Rover portion, there is a FEMA, one, an IS-100 class. Um, that's sort of the basics of natural disaster response um, that people need to be aware of. Uh, people need to be 18 years or older. And if people want to learn more or to take the online class, they can go to redrover.org backslash responders. That's great. And for those of you out there that are listening going, how can I get involved? I know that a lot of you have read about the things that you have done that Red Rover's done. So this is a great way for you to become involved. Um, and switching over now to the Red Rover Relief Program from the, uh, the one that helps domestic violence survivors and their pets escape abuse together. Can you talk about the different grants that you offer? Yeah, so we're really there, again, to help when people, regardless of their sort of circumstances when they're facing domestic violence, they have some different options. So the first immediate thing that we do is offer what we call safe escape grants. 
And these provide temporary boarding at a boarding facility so that a survivor can immediately get to a shelter. We also cover, you know, vaccinations or things that might be needed to, in order to board at a boarding facility. But then ultimately, we're really trying to help domestic violence shelters become pet friendly. So that way, a survivor, if they're trying to leave an abuser, they can leave with their pets and stay with their pets because we know um, pets are really important to help people heal from trauma. So ideally, people should be able to stay with their pets. But we know it's not always possible. Um, so we're really helping the domestic violence shelters learn how they can do that. So we offer trainings. We offer um, a new a website called don'tforgetthepets.org that provides a lot of resources and training as well as one-on-one um, -on -one coaching um, and grants up to $60,000 to help domestic violence shelters build kennels or create, you know, put in new flooring, whatever they need to become pet friendly. Um, and we can also help with off-site programs. Again, ideally, we have the pets on-site at the shelter. Um, but if they can't do that for whatever reason, we also help domestic violence shelters develop programs and collaborations with animal shelters or other, you know, foster programs, um, programs with a, with a temporary boarding facility, you know, whatever that, whatever works for their community to make sure they can take care of the pets. Because we know pets are uh, often a huge barrier in someone's ability to leave because unfortunately they're often part of the cycle of power and control when it comes to domestic violence and the pets are used to manipulate people to stay, to come back, um, or they might even just be used to kind of psychologically control someone. So it's really important that they're able to leave with their pets. Speaking of that, can you remind us of the new deadlines to submit an application for your safe yeah. housing grants? Yeah, so we increased the number of application um, deadlines to try, to try to make it easier for domestic violence shelters. So if people have connections to a domestic violence shelter and they want to help us, you know, get the word out, we have um, deadlines. The next, the, the, we, have, we have three deadlines now every year, March 1st, June 1st, and September 1st. So a great thing to share with a domestic violence shelter that you might know about um, to help them do their planning for when they can apply. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and we have you on every year. It's so important that you share this with our listeners. Can you tell us about your plans with Purina and the Purple Leash Project for October? Yeah, so at the end of September, we're going to be working with um, Pet Night on the Hill as part of um, Pet Week, and that is a partnership we do with the Humane, um, with the Human Animal Bond Research Institute, Habri, and really helping to bring awareness to Capitol Hill, making sure that our elected representatives know how important pets are um, for our healing, our, our human health, our quality of life, and making sure they take it seriously and continue to fund things like the PAWS Act, which provides federal funding mm -hmm. for domestic violence shelters to become pet friendly, as well as to help, you know, set up policies and um, things that can further help people stay with their pets, uh, things like homeless housing, and, you know, again, more funding towards these types of programs that can that can help people stay with their pets. And then also in um, October, we are working with Purina and the Washington Post to put on a live event on Purple Thursday, which is October 20th. And that will be a moderator with some panelists just really talking about the importance of pet-friendly housing when it comes to domestic violence. And then really exciting 
we are working with the NFL with their program called My Cause, My Cleat. And this is a program where specific players who have who are really passionate about certain causes, they work with different nonprofits to design cleats and then help promote that cause through the through the design of the cleats and through um, you know, talking on video, talking during games, just really becoming spokespeople as people's and role models for their passionate causes. And we are so happy to be working with James Smith Williams of the Washington um, uh, Commanders. And they're currently designing the cleats. Hopefully that'll be un, un, um, unveiled soon. And, uh, and, you know, it's just really great to see the NFL players stepping up for causes like this. Um, it's something that he's already really passionate about. And so we, we're really excited that this will help get more awareness towards this, towards this cause. Um, and we also have Tamron Hall, who will be a spokesperson and just a lot of uh, influencers out there talking about this and print and media stories just to really, again, spread awareness and show how important it is that we take care of the pet of domestic violence survivors when they're trying to leave an abuser. That is so important. And it's so wonderful that all of this support's coming and that all of this awareness is coming. And I mean, the fact that the NFL has, is doing this, it, uh, that's just wonderful. And of course, I love Tamron Hall. So she's always very passionate about things like this and, and what she's committed to. So uh, congratulations. This is great where Red Rover's going and the awareness that's out there about you and about what you're doing. But if someone wants to learn more or volunteer or donate, where would they go to learn more? Redrover.org is a great place to start. People can become a monthly donor. That's a huge, huge way to help support all of our programs. But for the um, Purple Leash Project, if people are really passionate about this work in the domestic violence and pets area, Becoming a monthly donor um, at $5 a month, so $60 a year, gets you um, a purple leash, which is, again, a really fun way to not only support this particular um, program, but also have a leash or a cat collar where you can um, walk around, walk your dog, and help spread awareness of this issue. I love it. And when people ask you why you have a purple leash, you can tell them why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Nicole, as always, thank you so much for being on our show today and for sharing all of the wonderful work that Red Rover does for domestic violence situations. And, of course, the Domestic Violence Awareness Month is October. And also, I want to congratulate you and thank you for sharing and all that you've done with this amazing rescue of all these beagles, the mamas and the puppies. It's really great that Red Rover was involved in that. And it's so important that this was done. It's something that caught the nation by storm, I believe. And, and it's something that I think people are going to keep wanting to follow. So if you could please share that information again on how the listeners could follow and find out the progress or and, and hopefully adopt one of these beagles. Yeah. I mean, definitely following us on social media. So if people are on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, um, follow Red Rover and we're posting about this, you know, our, our work in this area a lot. But people can also go to humanesociety.org backslash 4,000 beagles if they're looking specifically for those rescue partners or animal shelters who are who are getting those beagles transported to them. As always, thank you very much, and we look forward to having you on. Hopefully we'll have you on again after the first of the year. We can talk about more that's going on at Red Rover. Thank you again for all that's you do, wonderful. Nicole. You and the team are awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll, take care. Thank you. We'll be back in just a moment. 
Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of the Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.